Dan's Driving Double Feature presents Howling 2 and 7-2. A minute-by-minute podcast covering 1985's Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf, and 1994's Howling, New Moon, Thank You, Rising. I'm your host, Dan. Welcome. And when you hear the wolf howl two more times... The, the wolf howled two more times. We shall begin. Son of a bitch. There we go. Let's begin. covering the third minutes of Howling Till Your Sisters of Werewolf and Howling New Moon Rising. I guess we'll, um, we will, uh, let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. Since we were on credits on both of them, um, I'll think of something to say. <laughs> let's listen to minute three of Howling Two. Your sister's a werewolf. With it's, it's credits, and you're seeing, uh, like, a wolfy image sort of strange thing, and music composer, Steve Parsons. this up into uh, two chunks. Here, the first half of the minute is more or less the rest of the credits with some shots of uh, things in and around this sort of castle in I forget where they are, Bulgaria? Well, I'm going to say Bulgaria. I don't think that's right, but I just like saying that. And wherever they are, and you see images. We'll, we'll talk about the images and things in a moment as we discuss the rest of the credits. And then there is sort of a, a, a glorious uh, wipe across the screen from the sort of this wonderful hillside with this this sort of castle think of like Ludwig um, the first you know mad Ludwig kind of um, uh, beautiful castle and then um, uh, you know with the mountain behind it and then there's a white from left to right that um, converts to a shot up in the Hollywood Hills looking down at a very smoggy day in Los Angeles and it's um, Los Angeles California USA city of the angels sure sure it is and uh, but that's kind of but a, a lovely contrast um, between uh, 
I guess I guess where the evil comes from, and then where the evil spread too. But L.A., you know, it's with the smog and it's well, it's all it's debauchery or whatever the heck we're supposed to have. Um, is is that the real source of the evil? Well, maybe in the first one it was, um, but in this it's it's definitely. Um, the the place with all the wacky statues and the um, I love that one image uh, that comes up of like four guys standing there and one of them sort of has a bit of a Freddie Mercury feel so it's like you know Queen in the 16th century or something like that I don't know they're just rocking along say, howling yeah howling it's they're having a good time you know and um, maybe they went back in time you know and uh, you know uh, and 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 you know did some performances for some eastern european king or queen and and got got a little picture of them made i um well we'll talk about that in a minute so let's talk about the second half first because it's basically we're in la we see a church and we see the priest and i love i love any scene with the priest that begins with the priest saying oh my god which i always think is fun and um and uh, then of course the priest mentions you know asking god not to let him be ashamed you think of sir father padre what are you doing in there? And he's just standing over a, a coffin, and he's leading um, the start of a funeral. So there's not much I think that goes on. They set up that it's in Los Angeles, and it's smoggy, and it looks like kind of crap compared to the beautiful place we were just at. But again, the place we are just at is where the evil comes from. We're guessing, which makes sense. Uh, so yeah, we see the priest presiding over the funeral. Whose funeral? Your big fat mamas. Actually, we'll find out shortly whose funeral is. But let me go through the rest of the credits here. So we start with music composer Steve Parsons, and then we immediately go into the members of Queen uh, in their in their fifteenth century finery. Actually, I'm trying to think who that guy kind of looks like. He looks like the main the main guy there with like the the triangle on his shirt. I don't know if that's a Knights Templar thing, and he's got the, the frilly collar on, and he's sort of he looks like about four hundred different guys. Actually, I mean, he could be. Paul Nash, he could be Hugo Stiglitz, he could be Sidney Whiplash, for all I know. But he's standing there with his pals. I mean, it kind of that image. I'm sure it's a very old image, and I'm sure it means something very important. But it does look like a um, like mid '80s low budget regional heavy metal album cover. You know, like a bunch of guys in Omaha got together, pulled their resources, and and um, made a heavy metal album. And they all dressed in costume, and that's that's them right there. The costume they all, they're all they all all the costumes probably are, you know, correct for whatever that period is they're in. But it's, it's a bit of a mishmash, you know. It looks a bit like, oh, you dress like that. I thought, I I misread the invitation. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, my my pirate friend, my Russian friend, and the lady in the mask with. Uh, like a manta ray on her head behind me. Let's all stand and smile. <laughs> this painting takes a while. So next up is production designer Harold Harold Vacek. Carol Vacek. Harold Vache. Carol. It's Carol Vacek. I'm going to say. I was a little confused in the K's. Uh, direct. Yeah, it's Vacek. Uh, director of photography Jeffrey Stevenson. Executive producer Graham Jennings. And over Graham Jennings. Um, uh, Look at that great image there. This like sort of um, Quasimodo-esque character, like trapped under. Looks like it's a giant clock or a giant wheel or something, which is um, 
they didn't have a lot of fun when they made sculptures and, and painted themselves back in the day, did they? I mean, not that we're, you know, all that different, but, you know, in your general day-to-day -day selfie, you, you don't end up looking like Quasimodo, who's about to be crushed by the gigantic wheel of progress or something like that. Anyway, uh, the next uh, image is uh, based on the novel Howling 2 by Gary Brander. Bradner. Screenplay by Robert Sarno and Gary Brander. Brandner. Uh, and this, this I believe, I'd have to look again, but I believe this is the only one where Gary is... He, he wrote Howling 1, 2, and 3, as uh, you know. Uh, this is the only one where he full-on is involved in writing the script, as far as I know. Because I know Howling 3 isn't anywhere near... I don't think I'll tell you. I'll tell you my my Gary Brander uh, story. I don't have one, but I'll tell you something in a moment. But I like three certainly isn't. I know seven says it's based on the first three novels. Six certainly isn't. Fifth five isn't. Four is weird. If you haven't seen four, the original nightmare, because four is basically if you could imagine the howling, um, but with the the sort of the humor of Joe Dante and sort of the wit charm. And intelligence of uh, John Sayles lifted out and the movie just done is like a straightforward drama that happens to have werewolf show up in the end there's a transformation scene in the end which I think is one of the most the coolest one of the most creative werewolf transformations it's not like a, an American werewolf from London or a howling one where it's like it changed the face of makeup and special effects this one is a bit sillier but there's something about it I really love um, but uh, but I think Gary Brandner, this is the only one where he actually was involved in the actual proper writing of the screenplay. I'd have to check. The how the Howling is, is pretty much like they... Well, I'll, I'll talk, talk about it in a minute. Let me, let me get to the end of the, this here, and I'll just tell you my quick story here. So, yeah, there's another... Some great images. There's a sort of Zeusy sort of old guy god-like guy overly produced by Stephen Lane credit. Maybe that's um, Stephen Lane. I don't know. But then we get that beautiful shot of this castle or whatever it is off in the distance. Huge mansion and directed by Philippe Mora who would, of course, do part three also. And then we get the wipe. And I just paused it halfway through the wipe so we can see the the the, the sort of blue beauty, blue and green beauty of the Eastern European town and the sort of gray and brown of LA. Well, what are you going to do? So, so now we're actually getting into the movie. So in the next minute we should have more to talk about. But I just I just want to say that um I did uh, a couple days ago I got a um single volume collection of Gary Gary B's Howling Trilogy. And um I'm in, I'm interested to see if if this in fact is based on Howling 2 and if the book Howling 2 is as crazy as this movie is. I somehow think not. Um, and I did. I did start reading the Howling, and um, yeah, the sort of the 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 opening of the Howling, the book, which leads into you know the main couple going off to the middle of nowhere to recuperate kind of thing, is kind of sleazy and a little gross. And sort of as I was reading it, I was like, is this really what's happening right here? And then you read and you go, oh come on. So I would say John Sales. Um, better storyteller than Gary B because his 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 the way he opens he he wrote open the script for the howling uh is much much better however i'm going to continue to persevere through howling 1 2 and 3 the books as we do this and it's going to be awesome so 
that was minute three. We're all set. The movie has begun. There's a priest. There's a funeral. It's in Los Angeles. And uh, let's go to Howling New Moon Rising. We left off Howling New Moon Rising. There were credits. Credits. Were we at the editor credit? I forget. No, the credits were kind of wacky in that one. They, the, yeah, a little wackier in that one. Um, I think we were done with the credits. Uh, regardless, um, the guy in the motorcycle uh, was pulling into somewhere other and passing, like, fenced-in areas of things. He was in Pioneer Town, and we saw the um, police uh, police officer who was in a, his old vehicle, uh sort of, you know, non-police car vehicle driving to somewhere or other, and there was a song, um, How Come You Get To Me was playing, and I think that's the name of the song, it was a, pr- a pretty good tune, and uh, let's play uh, minute three of Howling New Moon Rising. I sound a little too relaxed here. I'm actually sitting in a very comfy chair, lean back. I have the microphone in front of me. As you might tell from the sound, not directly in front of me. This is a little more casual than maybe some of the minute by minutes you're used to listening to, but I'm still going to say the same kind of great stuff. So I'm just comfortable. I just want to get comfortable. I got a blanket on. It's uh, Howling New Moon Rising is playing. I'm trying to, uh, I'm looking at the desert. I'm looking at Barstow. And it's funny. We go from, we go from, Wherever that is, Hungary, Bulgaria, Hungary, I bet Hungary, right? In Howling to New Moon Rising, to looking down into, uh, from the Hollywood Hills down into Los Angeles, or, or probably into the, the San Fernando Valley, into, and in this one we get full on desert, you know, out in the, this is Barstow, this is, this is the desert, this is, um, I have been to Barstow, um, it's fine. I am, as I've said before, I'm not a desert lover in any way shape or form and so I don't mind watching films about the desert but um, there are a a few shots in this as um, the guy on the motorcycle and the guy in the car driving around where I was like ooh those look a little too familiar to me in fact there's one shot in particular now again I'm going off the laser disc and so it's approximately like 2 hours and 24 2 hours and 25 minutes in and there's an intersection where I think the car with the cop in it is going through the intersection, and there are palm trees over on the left in the background, and there's a mountain way, way in the background, and there's like a, like a, look like eight or nine cars waiting to turn left, and something about that screams desert city to me. I don't know why, and I want to run away from it as fast as I can. Um, luckily, you can see they do have a, a red arrow there up, up up on the light so it's not a lot a lot of those spots um yeah there, there won't well there 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 was 
they're, they're maybe different now, but a lot of those spots when you encounter them, there aren't some arrows. So you could be sitting like in that line waiting for like uh, ages. Just I just want to F and turn left and get home. I live in the desert. It's bad enough. And I can't turn left for the life of me. Now, to those of you who live in the desert, technically, I guess I live in a desert because it's Los Angeles. Uh, um, but but this is the desert, like Puron Desert, like everything's dusty and 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 dirt and desert and desert. And um, it's it's interesting because the cop is kind of driving through like the town, and then he stops at a house which isn't quite on a hill, but is is set apart from. I guess it's a church. There's no no it's it's not he's not that kind of priest really. The priest we we don't see the priest he who talks. Um, the one who's does the the um, uh, exorcisms and deals with occult stuff and things like that. You know, it's, it's it's always surprised me so much that like, you know, you read the Bible. There's a lot of crazy crap that goes on in that book, and yet you know they always sort of whenever they have the priests and things like this, these movies, a lot of time they're sort of slightly downplayed. You know, it's like, have you read the book that your religion is based on? You got all sorts of crazy shit going on in that book. You're good. I'm surprised you don't have a, a phalanx of um, priests ready to stand out and face the occult or things. And so you do. I I, I like the way Clive Turner does the scene. It's it's slightly distracting, but I li- I like the the urgency of it. That when the poli- policeman arrives at the house, he opens his door and gets out. And as he's getting out and walking to the door, the conversation has already begun. I like that. So he slams the door, and they're already talking about who you are. So when we cut to a shot of that, um, a couple uh, shots of that corpse in the ground. Now I don't know. We we saw, we saw the cop. We saw this cop arrive at the scene with the three goofballs standing, looking down at that corpse. The cop looked at it for about seven, eight, nine seconds. Got back in his car and seems to have driven directly. To, maybe there's a big time gap. In between when he gets in his car, and this, but but where do you get the pictures from? Is my question. How do you get those pictures? We don't see anyone. We 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 didn't see anyone. I mean, if someone was taking pictures in that first minute, they certainly need to get developed. You know, and that takes some time. And so, and and unless he has a dark room in his car, <laughs> Barstow cops, we have dark rooms in our car. Unless he has a. Uh, uh, a dark room in his car I don't know how he got the, unless that picture is of someone else but it has the same exact clothes and that same sort of white you know a wig on uh, It's uh, we, we couldn't figure it out sir it's either uh, Edgar or Johnny Winter we, we can't tell we have to check the teeth it's I, I can't I can't figure it out you know um, if this is if this is the same I mean to to me the moment I saw it I thought oh yeah that's the guy we just saw but who took the picture of him how they get the picture oh this must be several hours later you know because I mean because like someone would have taken the picture gone back to headquarters developed the pictures and then given them to that cop but but the way we see it is the cop arrives looks at the crime scene for about 10 seconds leaves and then goes to see this priest where do the pictures come from i guess it doesn't really matter maybe it does maybe we'll find out in the next minute i kind of felt bad that we didn't get to um the pioneer town palace uh in this one uh because that's 
it's a this is I, I adore this movie but so much of the fun lies with the characters in that palace and and you realize too that the film is written directed edited produced by Clive Turner <clears throat> spoiler the guy on the motorcycle is Clive Turner and he's about to arrive at, at Harriet and Pappy's Pioneer Town Palace, which is, I believe, is still a place, as far as I know. I believe Pappy has passed some time. Yeah, Pappy passed, actually, after the making of this film. Forgive me. Uh, sorry, sorry, everyone. Um, I, I believe he passed after the making of this film. Um, I, I don't know if Harriet's still alive. I'll look into it. We haven't got to that point in the film yet. I look stuff up like that when we get to that. But, yeah, that was their sort of, that's their, their bar that we're going to spend a lot of time in. And I was hoping we'd actually get there in this minute, but we don't. But it, it suddenly occurred to me that that song, How Come You Get To Me, which mentions Howling at the Moon, may make one think it has something to do with possibly a werewolf or something, like a woman getting getting taken over by someone who's a werewolf. But I don't think it is. I actually think that is Clive Turner taking a... The, the, it's it's Clive Turner's feeling about the people in Pioneer Town, because this is his love letter to the people in Pioneer Town, disguised as the, the seventh movie in a werewolf series. So, I think that's why he uses this move, this song here in this part of the movie. Don't quote me on that though, but I I semi stand by, by that. So. I think it makes sense now, the more that I say it. So, anyway, uh, so yeah, so the, the, the police officer goes, and he's got the pictures of Johnny Winter, uh, and he's showing the cop who we don't see yet, and this guy's driving around on his motorcycle, look, looking like, just kind of coasting around, looking like he's almost where he needs to be. And it's, it's weird that that opening shot where he's, like, driving in front of these fences and behind them, it looks like a mix of either, like, a shanty town or, like, um like a fake town like a strange forced perspective town but it's it's too far away and the laser disc isn't the laser disc isn't blu-ray or 4k stuff going here folks so i can't quite tell what's going on in the background there when we get our blue of howling new moon rising and clive turner and myself get to do the commentary together then we will discuss what that is because um, i've been through barstow but i don't remember pioneer town Although I should have gone, because I'm no, I hadn't, I hadn't seen Howling New Moon Rising yet. When, when I, when I drove out to L.A. to live here in the summer of '95, I wouldn't have seen this yet. That's too bad. But I have been to Barstow. I have driven through Barstow. So, um, with that beautiful bit of knowledge, um, I, I'm dying now to read Howling's one, two, and three and see which parts of it are featured in Howling 7 because Howling 7 is very specifically from parts 4, 5, and some of 6. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, that is episode 2 of Howling 2 and 7-2. Thank you everyone for listening. And let me play you a little bit of um, this and I'll see you next time. And we're going to we're going to church and oh, and we're going to talk to a priest. Okay, we, we're going to be fairly priest heavy in this next uh, episode but uh, maybe you'll love it oh.